Well, hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Dean, your host. You are listening to the Dean Report, and we are continuing today with this series behind the stories, or excuse me, the stories behind Christmas. Um, We are reading the stories behind many of our many beloved uh, songs that we enjoy um, this time of year. Um, And today's reading is Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. In 1847, William Cummings, just 16 years old, was singing one of the tenor leads in Felix Mendelssohn's opera Elijah. For the young tenor to be directed by one of the most renowned composers in the world was a dream come true. It is little wonder that that night made an indelible impression on Cummings and ultimately gave birth to a marvelous duo of lyric and melody. Almost three decades before Cummings was born, England's premier Christian poet and songwriter, Charles Wesley, died at the age of 70. Wesley, the the youngest of 18 children, wrote more than 3,000 hymns, many of which include such as Jesus Christ is Risen Today, and Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, are still sung by millions. Yet the life and work of the man still remembered today as one of the greatest hymn writers in history could have been much different. If not for a dispute with an employer, Wesley's contributions to both music and the establishment of a Christian movement might never have happened. Wesley began his formal education at the Westminster School in 1716. He then studied at Christ College in Oxford. In 1735, at the age of 28, Charles sailed for Georgia to become secretary to General James Oglethorpe. In short order, Wesley found himself missing his home and family and feeling stifled in his new role. In less than a year, he quit his job and returned to London. Assigned to a church in Islington, England, Wesley immediately began making waves. His outlook was radically different from most other English clergy of the time. He visited prisons, was a strong supporter of individual thinking, often held church services outdoors and believed Christian music needed to be infused with heavy doses of personal witness, energy, and enthusiasm. He kept his mind sharp through daily Bible study and hours spending an hour spent writing music. In 1737, during his daily quiet time, Wesley was working on a new Christmas composition. When the pastor jotted down the line, Hark, how all the welkin rings, glory to the King of Kings. The new song quickly fell together. Welkin, 
a word foreign to most today, literally means the vault of vault of heaven makes a long noise. Thus, when heaven sends forth a loud pronouncement, the entire power of the king is revealed. Set to one of the written the writer's own sorry <laughs> set to one of the writer's own unique melodies, hark how all the welkin rings premiered in Wesley's own church and quickly gained favors with other congregations following the new Methodist movement. Naturally, the writer was pleased with the acceptance of his work. However, when his old college friend, George Whitefield, finally published the song, Wesley's benevolent pride turned to rage. Whitefield, a former bartender turned Calvinist preacher, was often at theological odds with Wesley. Wesley might have been pushing for reform, but Whitefield wanted to lead a revolution. After being ordained as a priest in the Church of England, Whitefield's fiery rhetoric and evangelistical, evangelical message kept him in constant trouble with the Church. Because of his militant approach, Whitefield was soon banned from the Anglican churches of his day and forced to mostly preach in privately organized open-air meetings. From Whitefield's informal meetings sprang the revival movement that would soon explode in the United States. Though much more charismatic, Whitefield was not as well-educated as Wesley, and so his interpretation of the scriptures was a tad more liberal and not so literal. True to form, when Whitefield published Wesley's Christmas song, he changed the words without consulting the writer. When Wesley read the first line, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, he was incensed. Nowhere in the Bible did angels sing about the birth of Christ. Yet because of Whitefield's change in one line, most people believe that Luke 2.13 refers to singing angels rather than a great company of the heavenly host, spiritual beating, beings not normally seen who watch over man, appeared with the angel, praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. As long as he lived, Wesley never sang Whitefield's rework of his song. Yet even if the writer refused to acknowledge the change, millions around the world soon embraced singing angels in sermons, music, literature, and art. One of those was William Cummings. The same year that Cummings sang for Felix Mendelssohn, the famous composer and conductor died at the young age of 38. Mendelssohn had been born a Jew, but he had adopted the Christian faith as a child. Yet, by and large, the composer's work centered on the world, not his faith. Aside from a work in 1840 that gave a nod toward Johann Gutenberg, the famous Bible printer, and being influenced by Bach, Handel, Mozart, and Beethoven, Mendelssohn's most famous composition was the enduring Midsummer Night's Dream. In 1855, William Cummings combined Mendelssohn's Gutenberg tribute. Um, okay. 
this is an involved title, so I'm probably going to butcher this, but Feskasang Anda Nutzler with the so William Cummings combined that tribute from Mendelssohn Mendelssohn's tribute with the Whitefield rewrite rewrite Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The end result was a dramatic change unimagined by either composer. Cummings' arrangement of Hark the Herald Angels Sing was the first printed in a Methodist hymnal in 1857. Over the next few years, it was adopted by other denominations and publishers. Within a decade, the new Hark the Herald Angels Sing was one of the most recognized carols in the world. The road to acceptance and fame for this Christmas carol began when a misquoted verse of scripture was combined with a melody written to honor the man who first printed the Bible. Although neither Wesley nor Mendelssohn would probably have approved of this combination of lyric and melody, it now seems appropriate that the words of a man who lived to evangelize the world for Christ, Wesley, should be tied to a tribute written for a man who invented a method of mass-producing God's Word for all to read. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all the all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And with that, I thank you so much for joining me for this story behind the song. And I hope you'll come back for the next episode where we hear about another story behind one of the most beloved Christmas songs.